when I network, my ideal goal is to provide the other person at least 10 times more value than what they could ever provide for me, right? Because I know that if I'm seen as a value add outside of what I do in my career, there, there really is no competition. Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping professionals of all ages worry less in their job search, earn more in their careers, and figure out exactly what it is they want to be when they grow up. My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach at Career Therapy, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Brandon Gittison to the podcast. Brandon is a business development specialist at the Junk Luggers and volunteer with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Today we talk about the difference between good and bad networking, how volunteering can help enhance your career, and what providing value to your network actually looks like. If you can, donate to Brandon's charity in the link in the description. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, or share this episode with a friend or colleague looking to make changes in their careers. So without further ado, here's my convo with Brandon. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited to chat with you about you know, your charitable work, as well as just how to build a meaningful career, not even just at your desk job, but, you know, in your whole life, bringing all the different elements in. So I appreciate you joining us today. Um, Before we jump in, uh, or as we jump in, um, I'd love to just get a little bit of a breakdown of what you've been doing in your career and what got you here today. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you uh, very, very much for having me. Um, So right now I work at uh, a company called the Junk Luggers. Uh, for those less acquainted, we are an eco-friendly junk and furniture removal service. I'm in charge of their business development. So that's sales, essentially. Um, and how I got started. So that's a great question. Uh, COVID was how I got started. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so April of last year, so that was April of 2020, was when I uh, stopped my time as a commercial real estate broker. So that was my previous career. And I was dealing specifically with office space leasing. So unfortunately with uh, the pandemic, there were a lot of companies that were once sort of in office spaces, but, um, but uh, I quickly realized that a lot of the prospects that I had and potential clients and things like that they were switching to a work from home style environment or they were sort of downsizing their uh, office space needs. So I didn't really see it to be too fruitful and too flourishing. So I obviously want to, or maybe not so obvious, but I wanted to be in a career where I saw a lot of growth potential and um, I, you know, just to be in a line of work where I saw a future. So with that being said, I got hired uh, at the Junk Luggers. So they have 82 locations around the country. They are quickly growing um, and essentially we're a full service junk removal company and uh, we're eco-friendly. So from a young person's perspective, it resonates with me tremendously. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because yeah, so a lot of what you're talking about here, sort of thinking about that future, right? And I'm curious when you... If, if, if a pandemic didn't happen, do you think you would have stuck in the retail space long? Sorry, not retail. Um, real estate. Real estate. I can't get words out today. Uh, do you think you would have <laughs> stayed there long term or do you feel like 
you know, you were always kind of on the hunt for something a little bit more future focused? That's a really interesting question. And I don't actually think that I've been asked that, or at least to my recollection. Um, potentially, I mean, I was enjoying it, but it was, it was, uh, it was a very, very arduous line of work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to get clients in real estate, especially when you're young, people don't take you seriously as much, unfortunately, even if you are a very well-spoken and polished individual. Um, so that's a hard question. I'm not, I'm, I'm really not too sure. You know? Sure. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I'm going to be throwing them out there. So um, it's, it's cool that you're, you know, taking that, that idea of like, okay, well, I've got to reposition. I've got to go find something else. You're going to bring those sales skills with you. Um, how did you actually make that transition? Was it a pretty easy transition for you during the pandemic or was it pretty rough? No, it was, uh, it was pretty easy because I stopped I stopped working in real estate um, between the months of March and April, uh, and I got hired in September. So uh, it wasn't like there was a whole lot lined up for me in uh, September, you know, <laughs> so, so it was pretty easy. And I don't want to say that sales is sales, but going from one sales role to another sales role, uh, relatively easy, at least from my perspective, because um, if you're a great salesperson overall, I think that you could flourish in any type of uh, career, really. Yeah. And what do you think makes someone uh, really like what, what would you say are like the core qualities of someone who's a really good salesperson? Sure. Um, so number one, when looking at the job description, even though it says 40 hours a week, it, it just says 40 hours a week on paper. You have to mentally know <laughs> that it's certainly not 40 hours a week. Um, so I would say that's number one. Um, number two is to have a good personality. You know, it, it's pretty enjoyable to speak with people who have good personalities and people who are good conversationalists, much like yourself, of course, Martin. Appreciate um, that. <laughs> absolutely. And then I would say number three is to know a lot or, or to know a little bit about a lot of topics, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you can have more personalized conversations with numerous people. And uh, that's really how you start to build those good relationships. I like that because it, it really does play into, you know, what, you know, every, the people that listen to this podcast are in all different industries, but that sales perspective resonates across the board, um, which is tough for some folks to hear because they're like, well, I'm not in sales. I, I purposely chose not to be in sales because <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do these things. Exactly. But just like a salesperson needs to know a little bit of finance and a, then a finance person should know a little bit about sales, right? And so uh, it's cool to hear you kind of break it down in both the conversational side of things as well as, you know, that presence side of things. And it plays into what, you know, we're talking about here as well, which is outside of work. Um, how do you find things that fulfill you beyond the office, beyond your desk, right? And you're involved in an organization right now uh, that's in the middle of fundraising, which again, brings in that sales uh, expertise. And I'd just love to hear a little bit more about the types of things you're doing in uh, outside of work that are capturing your attention right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so first and foremost, I would say that uh, the junk luggers, uh, which is uh, the 
company that I belong to. Um, they are very charity minded. In fact, um, they give a portion of their proceeds towards an organization called Mikey's Way, which helps children uh, with cancer. So similarly, uh, sort of, well, I mean, I took this initiative on uh, by myself. Um, I'm involved with an organization called the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So they're a uh, national 501c3. So they're, you know, um, a nonprofit. And every year they have a 10 week fundraising competition where various people step up to lead their own fundraising teams. So last year I was on somebody's fundraising team. Uh, this year I'm leading my own fundraising team. So, um, you know, they say that your service to others is the rent you pay for your room on earth. And um, I think that it's really important to be charity minded because there's a lot of organizations out there that could certainly use help. And uh, at the end of the day, we can always find some free time to uh, give towards a charitable cause. At least that's my feeling. Yeah. Even, even with the, uh, you know, fake 40 hour week, <laughs> the, the much longer 40 hour week, um, there's always extra time. And so what was it about this, uh, this organization in particular and how did they, how did you come across it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, one of my good networking friends had, um, multiple connections within this charity. So he told me about it and it really resonated um, with me tremendously because uh, un unfortunately when I was 10 uh, my dad passed away from Hodgkin's lymphoma so this no thank you thank you. I really really appreciate that so this organization does a lot of um, um, research uh, and testing around various forms of blood cancer one of them being Hodgkin's lymphoma so um, it was really a no-brainer for me to give back and, uh, you know, just to help this organization raise funds for a disease that unfortunately took a loved one from me. Um, and, the, and the name of my team is called Rise Together and Raise. We have t-shirts, which is what, you know, you're nice. seeing me wear right now. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. And we're going to be sharing the link here for folks to, uh, to contribute as well, if anyone listening oh, is interested. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I love the fact that you're leaning into things that are so meaningful to you, right? Um, I think when we're thinking about our careers and we're building our careers, sometimes uh, people get into the mindset of like, I just want to make a buck, right? I just want to get paid, pay my bills, yeah. you know, just check in and check out. And we talk so much about work-life balance too in, in our careers. And I think one of the things that's so interesting is everyone, you know, there's, there's a huge group of people trying to make their work, their day job, everything, right? I just want that to satisfy everything in my life. And then there's other people that are like, I don't even care what work I do. I just want to have a great home life. And then there's everything in between, right? And so what you're kind of talking about is, you know, finding places that resonate with you uh, in their, let's say their sustainability in the actual work that you do and, and being, you know, in the age group you're in, but also outside of work, finding things that really resonate with you as well. And I've, I've been a part of a, a organization called Movember for a very long time. And I can't mm -hmm. even count how many mustaches I've grown for that organization at this point mm -hmm. to raise money for charity. But it is so important to have those groups and those connections beyond the office. And you mentioned that you actually found this organization through people you knew 
while networking or while at yep. work? What, what was that interaction yeah, like? How did that come across? It was one of my connections that I met through networking. He's uh, really well connected here in the New York area. His name is Adam Holzer. Um, and he had introduced me to this organization called um, LLS. So, um, so yeah, just, just, just through a, a bit of networking, which is obviously what you do when you're in sales and when you're in business development, you, uh, you have to network, right? So, um, so networking can, uh, it could tie into both what you do within your career and just, you know, if you do choose to get involved with, uh, a charity, you know, it helps there as well. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting. Maybe we can segue a little bit into like the value of being part of organizations outside of work and networking and things like that too, because, Mm. um, when it comes to networking, I think most people think about it as I'm going to meet this person and I either get a job and I'm successful or they're not able to help me and networking doesn't work and this totally failed. So as a salesperson, as a fundraiser, as someone who's out there meeting people, what is your sort of view on networking and, and how you approach it? Well, I love to network first and foremost. It's so fun to me. Um, First of all, when I network, my ideal goal is to provide the other person uh, at least 10 times more value than what they could ever provide for me, right? Because I know that if I'm seen as a value add outside of what I do in my career, there, there really is no competition, at least from my perspective. And that's what I've seen and what I've experienced. Uh, so that's number one. But then, you know, outside of work, if you are involved in a charity, uh, you know, to raise funds and things like that, it could be really beneficial. I mean, uh, just through a bit of networking, I met a gentleman in Wisconsin who introduced me to a guy who owns a CBD store uh, in Connecticut, which is where I live now and where I work for the junk luggers. And from this kid in Wisconsin, he introduced me to this guy who owns a CBD store. And this guy took out a $2,500 sponsorship for my fundraiser. And incredible. Crazy, right? And from May 23rd until May 30th, he's, he, he will be contributing a portion from his sales that he makes over that week back towards my fundraiser as well. So it's really incredible the people that you meet out of nowhere, you know, and just the value that it could really provide. And it's just amazing. That's so cool. And that's, I think, what people don't always realize, right? It's, it's not necessarily this person you're talking to it's all the things that cascade from there right this person knows that person knows this person and the world really is kind of small once you're actually out there engaging with people Um, but it can feel kind of scary early on especially for introverts and you know i'm a very anxious person and things like that were you always really into networking or was it something that you kind of had to you know come to terms with early on it was uh was something that I don't want to say it was forced upon me, but when you're in sales, you sort of learn about it. And then, you know, you sort of dip your toes in the water and see if it's for you, you know, um, growing up as a child, I was, I was, I was extremely shy, but, um, but, you know, just through being in sales and things like that, um, I've, you know, I, I, I just love to speak with people. So 
for me, when I started, uh, you know, within sales and things like that, it came pretty natural for me. And uh, I love it now, you know, because you meet so many interesting people and have these meaningful conversations, you know, and which is another just quick point that I want to, you know, bring up, not, you know, just within networking, even if that person or the people that they know can't give you business per se, if you're having a meaningful conversation with those people, isn't that really, you know, a great part of life? And, you know, that's, that's, that's just huge that I think a lot of people forget. Yeah. So there's two parts that I want to dig into here. The first part is the meaningful conversations. And the second part is providing 10 X more value. Um, I think a lot of folks, especially in the job search, don't feel like they have much value to provide. So let's start there. Like when you say provide 10 X value, what does that actually look like in real life? So, so that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked that because I love to get into the weeds about these sorts of questions. So, um, so providing value outside of what you do, right? So say you want to meet an interesting person who would be really good to have on your podcast, right? If I could introduce you to those sorts of people, then that's a great value for you, you know? Um, or if I'm always engaging on your LinkedIn content, you know, just to help you sort of expand uh, your brand and your reach out there, then that's uh, some sort of value outside of what I do for my career, right? Um, Or if you have a question on a certain topic that I'm a subject matter expert in, and I provide advice on that, then that's value as well. And when it comes to, um, you know, some folks that you may encounter where it's not so obvious, right? I think sometimes when people are on the job search, especially, you know, you might be sitting there going, well, I'm breaking into a field, like maybe early on in your career. Has it changed as you've gotten more expertise or have, you know, what were maybe some tactics early on when you didn't feel so far in your career that, that you had to think about when it came to that value add? Mm. Oh, great, great question. Really, really great question. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, 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 that's a bit difficult there, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, even though I'm, you know, my goal is to provide value to a person, I, you know, I still want them to provide me some sort of value. Um, so I would say, it would just be to be a really nice person because people like to speak with nice people. At least mm-hmm. I do, you know? Um, so that's step one, you know, when you're starting out in your career. Um, and then also I would say engage on their social media content because that's a great way to stay top of mind with people. And, you know, you're helping them expand their brand. And then number three, as you start to meet people, you know, you can mention and say, Hey, you know, I'm just starting out of my career. Unfortunately, I haven't really, I haven't really made a network for myself quite yet. But once I do start to meet people, you know, I'll gladly make an introduction for you if you would like those introductions. I love that because it really brings that authenticity into it, right? Because so much of um, what people fear when it comes to networking is 
coming across as inauthentic or coming across mm-hmm. as desperate or coming across as, I don't know, any number of different kinds of negative, <laughs> negative ways. And that's where that <clears throat> meaningful conversations piece comes back in. Cause I'm like, you know, if you're authentically curious, let's just say, then sure. you should be able to meet people without much expectation or outcomes or anything like that. Right. But I think sometimes, especially under pressure, people are so worried about getting a job that it sort of overshadows everything else. But I'd love to bring that meaningful conversations piece back up to the forefront of our mind. And uh, I'm curious, you know, when it comes to, obviously you, not every single person you ever meet in your entire life, you're going to click with. Right. <laughs> but yeah. We're, we're not shooting for a hundred, right? We're shooting for like an average that is high. And so when it comes to meaningful conversations, what do you typically find to be meaningful in a conversation? Like what, what is a good enough networking interaction to look like? Mm. Good, good question. Um, well, personally, I love philosophy. I took ethics in college and I, I fell in love with it. Um, so I, I suppose, you know, having a conversation about philosophy is great um, from my perspective, or that we have the same value system, right? That we think that it's good to be charity-minded, that, that, that you know, um, the other person and I, you know, exchange ideas about how to approach uh, sales and business development. I, you know, I would certainly say that that's pretty valuable as well. Um, I'm also really huge into geography, you know, which is, which is another thing that I find to be, you know, really cool. Uh, I love to talk about stocks and investing and things like that. So that's another meaningful conversation, at least for me. And I'm also an avid uh, reader as well, which is why I have the, uh, you know, virtual background, like that. it's not actually uh my collection, you know. They're so all the audiobooks you've listened to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so having a conversation about reading, and I specifically love to read about um, personal development and motivation and things like that. So, you know, uh, just those handful of topics there, I would say if we're able to synergize and have a conversation about some of those, I would certainly, you know, think that those would be meaningful conversations. Yeah, and, and it really helps, I think, broaden what can and should be discussed, right? I think that sort of brings up something that I often talk about with clients where um, they go, well, you know, we spent 10 minutes talking about sports. And I'm like, great, spend 10 minutes talking about sports, spend 10 minutes talking about, you know, whatever it might be, because those are the the kinds of topics that build goodwill, that build sort of a bond between people, right? If you just get in there and start peppering them with questions about their technology, it can maybe be a little <laughs> overwhelming, right? Um, so maybe, you know, butter them up, warm them up a little bit. Um, so I think that that's really good advice. And when it comes to, uh, you know, really sort of, I, I think the next thing that people struggle with, and we've totally taken this down the networking conversation path. So yeah. I hope you're, yeah. I hope you're coming along with it. Yes. Um, when it comes to fostering those connections over time, I think it's great that you mentioned social media because that's the probably the easiest way to just stay in touch with people kind of sporadically over long periods of time. 
but how do you typically think about staying in touch? Are there any strategies that you have in, in place or do you kind of leave it pretty organic? What, what are your approaches? Yeah, so, so, so I would say a CRM is huge. I mean, I use it at uh, the junk loggers. I never had one when I was in commercial real estate. So this is a game changer to have a CRM, right? Because now I don't have to, you know, have all these contacts stored up in my head and have to worry about when to keep in touch with these people. Um, I would say the people that you resonate the most with maybe keep in touch with them on a more frequent basis. Um, for me, at least that's, 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 that's just how I operate. Um, and then in terms of keeping in touch, I would say periodically, you know, engage on their LinkedIn content or, you know, their social media content, wherever it might be, right? So if it's Instagram, it's, if it's uh, LinkedIn, if it's Facebook, um, I would say that's huge. And then periodically just, you know, ask them if, uh, if, if uh, they're, you know, if they'd like to meet certain people, just say, hey, uh, you know, like, for example, with you, right? Um, I know a great voiceover artist, which I think she'd be a fantastic introduction for you, you know, you know, to say, hey, uh, I came in contact with, you know, uh, a great voiceover artist, would Super she be cool. a good introduction for you, you know, so um, absolutely. Introductions yeah. are huge and also engaging with their social media. That's super cool. And that goes back to like the, I don't have value yet, but I'm building my network and I do hope to provide value in the future. Right. And, um, you know, being able to connect people with other people is just massive value. adds all around, even if like, you know, you never know who's going to connect with who, but you just keep doing it over a long period of time and a lot of great outcomes come. Um, and so, yeah, I would absolutely be interested in meeting a voiceover person. Really? That's super cool. Awesome. Um, and, and then when it comes to just figuring out like long-term throughout your career, you know, these people don't hopefully don't go away, right? Even someone I've met six, seven years ago might pop up randomly and we would have a conversation about something. And what I find so interesting about networking is so often people are focused on the short-term rather than the long-term. And the long-term is where it's really at because someone who's five, 10 years older than you and helps you get a job might be the person who in five to 10 years, you help transition into another job. And For that sure. is always the coolest kind of outcomes that I see from networking. Uh, bringing the networking combo into the fundraising space, what's the difference between sales networking and career networking and fundraising networking? Is there a difference? Mm, that's that's, that's uh, a great question. So, you know, when I'm networking for um, for my role within the junk luggers, right? So for, you know, on the, on the for-profit side of what I do, right? I won't immediately ask if they need my services, right? Be or I don't think I would ever ask. It just sort of naturally happens because they know who I am and because I'm providing them uh, sorts of uh, value outside of what I do. Um, in terms of networking for the nonprofit, I'll be pretty quick to say, hey, you know, can you share my fundraising efforts with your company and, um, and um, you know, your network essentially, right? I wouldn't 
really ask a person to say, hey, you know, can can you share about the junk loggers with your entire company and your entire network and things like that? So I'm a bit more forward when it comes to networking, when I'm doing charity work, because at the end of the day, I know that I'm helping out a really good cause, you know, and uh, I'm not gaining anything or, you know, like the purpose of me, you know, networking is not to gain anything monetarily, right? It's just to be a good person and to help. I love the way you put that because um, it really digs into two different areas, right? So the the one is just that's when you're part of something that's bigger than your career, that's bigger than you, uh, you can put your ego aside and you can actually be more direct with people and be more involved and be more, I guess, brave would be maybe be a word, like getting out and talking to people, right? Yeah. Um, you know, having a mustache, which is my experience of charity work, raising money by growing a mustache. It's a, it, there's no way of, of getting around it when you're on phone calls and in meetings, people are going to ask why a mustache all of a sudden. And so it's, it's interesting when you like put yourself out there in those, those odd ways and to, to see how people react, but then bringing it back to that, you know, you said, you know, when I'm promoting my for-profit work, I'm not necessarily going to say, do you need my service, right? I'm, I'm going to let it come up naturally. Can you explain that a little bit more? Because I don't think that that's so easy to understand for folks who are in the job search, uh, especially because they feel this pressure to be what they think is authentic, but what I think is just like overly sharing your insecurities of like trying to say, I need a job. I need, I have to tell them that I'm looking for a job. Otherwise it's a lie. Like to talk to someone with this like secret goal in the background, it's, it's lying if I don't say that up front. And I always equate it to like dating. It's like everyone who's dating has a goal with their dating, right? Whether it's a marriage or, or some other things that we won't speak about on the podcast, but everyone (laughs) has a goal. And if your first message is, I want to get married, you're probably not going to get many dates. Uh, so I'm curious, in your mind, when you say it kind of comes up naturally, can you get a little bit more context to that? Because I feel like maybe some of our more introverted people won't quite uh, follow with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that you could sort of describe um, what you do and how you help people and um, scenarios of where you might provide value, right? So, you know, whether it be on, you know, with what you're doing within your career, right? Sort of explain these situations about how you've helped people, um, you know, with, with, with uh, your role and whatnot, um, and, and just sort of paint a picture about how your day-to-day looks, um, but more so like if you are on the career search, you know, it's, uh, it's really easy just to, you know, tell people that like, like, hey, you know, you should hire me or, you know, like, um, can you ask your network if there's a company that's hiring and things like that it's 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 really easy to be very forward when there's no income coming in because there's a lot of pressure right um but i think first and foremost blasting it out on social media say hey you know 
these are the sorts of roles that I'm looking for. And this is my experience. Then these are my qualifications and things like that. So that's more of a gentle push. And then just pick up the phone and call a friend and say, hey, what's new with you? Because as soon as you say what's new with you, they will ask what's new with you. And then if you say, oh, like I'm on the career search, you know, then they'll be really inclined to, you know, help you out and advocate and search their Rolodex of people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's opening up those opportunities to connect. Right. And um, it's always good to, you know, if you're going to ask anyone for help, ask them if they can, if they know anyone versus asking them directly, if they can hire you. I think that that's always a way to soften it too. Um, and, you know, kudos to your networking abilities. I mean, that's how we found each other for the conversation today, right? You, you put out that you're fundraising, that you're involved in a charity, and uh, it was tagged to me through a mutual contact. And it's just so funny how these things so quickly, the dominoes can cascade, and really interesting connections and conversations can start to take, take shape. Um, and I just, I don't know, I feel like so many job seekers even when I was training salespeople, they feel like in the sales context, it makes a lot of sense, but outside of the sales context, they get nervous, right? Because they don't maybe have that manager or someone else telling them that they should be doing X, Y, or Z or hitting some metrics. Yeah. Um, but just kind of generally speaking, are there any other thoughts you have around your approach to, let's just call it natural networking, to make sure that these connections don't feel so stilted or stifled? Do you use a lot of storytelling? Do you use, um, you know, certain questions that really open things up? I'm kind of curious what's been your strategy. Yeah, so that's really, really good. Um, I would say, first and foremost, figure out why you're about to speak with this person, right? Because then you'll be a lot more specific with your conversation and what you're really looking to gain from it or help the other person with. So I would say number one is uh, start with why, sort of like the, uh, the novel by um, Simon. Simon Sinek, yes, good. It was eluding me for a second. <laughs> so, 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 so I would say first and foremost, start with why. Uh, number two is to look at their LinkedIn slash their social media profile and, you know, just to see their experience and sort of do your due diligence on them, you know, so you could bring up certain things like if they studied a certain major, if they're a part of certain organizations, if they've posted a really cool article or a post that would cause questions to spur and things like that. So um, number one, figure out why. Number two is to do your due diligence. And then number three, I would say before the conversation, figure out ways that you could sort of provide them value, you know, so you're really prepared with that when you're speaking with them. And would you typically make a list of those things or just kind of keep it all in your head? How do you approach it? No, uh, I have... Uh, I have a pretty good memory, so everything is usually uh, in my head for the most part. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's also something that makes things more natural over time. I have a terrible memory, but I just wing it all and just see where the chips may fall. And even, even though things never go perfectly, I feel like they go much better than when they're overly prepared. Cause that was like mm-hmm. the anxious way of doing it in the past. Um, and if folks wanted to get in touch with you and follow along with what you're doing or donate to your charity, how can they uh, find out more? Sure. So I would give, I would say the donation link now, but it's a bit too long. We'll, so I'll just have you. We'll put it in the description for sure. Awesome. Uh, so I would say connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook, just my name. Uh, it's Brandon Giddickson, uh, along with, I guess I, I can give out my number as well. Worst comes to worst, I can just block a few people, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's going to be 516-459-2775. All right. So if you're interested in sales, networking, or charity, definitely reach out to Brandon. And Brandon, thank you so much for stopping by today and chatting with us. Thank you very, very much. I thought this was a very uplifting and valuable conversation, and it really augmented my day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc., And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.